Welcome to the University of Michigan Dentistry Podcast Series, promoting oral health care worldwide. As you approach this dissection, the first thing that should be studied is the temporomandibular joint. The temporomandibular joint is a movable joint like we have seen in other parts of the body. It is completely surrounded by the articular capsule, which has been removed on this lateral side now so that you can see the articulation between the head of the mandible and the articular fossa of the temporal bone. On this specimen, however, we have kept the temporomandibular joint disc intact, and we can see it separating then the head of the mandible from the joint uh, above, uh, which is the articular surface of the temporal bone. When we look at this, muscle attaching to this region, the lateral pterygoid, you will see that most of the fibers of the lateral pterygoid muscle will be attaching into the anterior portion of the neck of the mandible at a little fossa called the pterygoid fossa. The upper fibers of the lateral pterygoid, however, are separate, and they attach into the capsule of the joint directly. This upper portion, approximately upper one-third of the lateral pterygoid muscle, is specifically named the sphenomeniscus muscle. The articular capsule on the lateral side of the joint is thickened, and there is an accessory ligament here called the lateral temporomandibular joint ligament. In order to continue the dissection, the ramus of the mandible must be removed so that we can see into this depth, and it should be removed down as far as the mandibular foramen. This is the opening on the medial side of the midpoint of the ramus of the mandible through which the artery, veins, and nerves that will be supplying the lower teeth will pass and eventually come out of the mental foramen as the mental artery, vein, and nerve. While we have this specimen in front of us, let us notice that between the sphenomeniscus portion and the portion beneath it, the main body of the lateral pterygoid muscle, passes a nerve. And this nerve coming out, which has been cut distally, is the buccal nerve, branch of the mandibular division of the trigeminal nerve for the supply of the mucous membrane of the cheek. When this then is reflected, and having been cleaned up already, there is a fascial plane between the lateral pterygoid muscle and the underlying medial pterygoid. The fascia in here is called the interpterygoid fascia. And all of these structures that we see, arteries, veins, and nerves, lie on the interpterygoid fascia. Let's then move to another specimen to look at its anatomy.
Again, for orientation, we are working above the mandibular foramen, the condyle, and the temporal mandibular disc are shown here. And now we see in this area the maxillary artery. And the maxillary artery on this specimen lies on the lateral surface of the lateral pterygoid muscle, which is beneath it. Sometimes this artery, the maxillary artery, will intertwine itself through the muscle, or it may even run deep to the muscle. Maxillary artery is here, and passing down into the mandibular foramen is the inferior alveolar artery. The maxillary artery arises posterior to the mandible. From this, the external carotid artery passes deep to the neck of the mandible to appear in the infratemporal space area. Again, forward between the sphenomeniscus portion of the lateral pterygoid and its main body is this, the buccal nerve, running down to buccinator muscle, through buccinator muscle, and then to the mucosa of the cheek. In addition to this, we have muscular branches of the artery that will go to each and every one of the muscles of mastication. Here, for example, is a temporal branch going to the undersurface of the fibers here of temporalis muscle, along with the deep temporal nerve that is adjacent to it. We will also see in this area branch the continuation, first of all, the maxillary artery to go deep within uh, into the pterygo maxillary area between pterygoid muscle and the maxilla. Further inspection of this specimen will reveal some very small branches deep within the foramen. And here is the largest of all of them that is going to supply the lining of the brain, the meninges. This is the middle meningeal artery. And behind it, and more deeply placed is a small vessel that will pass up to supply the deep ear canal region, the deep auricular artery. Let's then look at yet another specimen. Again, the angle of the mandible has been cleaned off, as well as the lower part of the ramus of the mandible, up to uh, the mandibular foramen. The maxillary artery is again well shown. And here on this specimen, we can see the external carotid artery giving this branch the maxillary and then continuing upward as the superficial temporal. In this specimen, deep within is a very large middle meningeal artery. And behind all of this, and attaching to the mandible, 
in the area of the mandibular foramen is the interterygoid fascia, and this specifically is its thickening, which is attaching to the lingula. And when you look at the dry specimen of the mandible, you will see that the lingula is a little bony prominence on the medial aspect of the mental foramen. This is coming down from the temporal bone and uh, is attaching to the mandible. It is a coming off of a small spine high up and is a sphenomandibular ligament, a thickening of the interterygoid layer of fascia. And on it then we see the inferior alveolar artery. Adjacent to it is the inferior alveolar nerve for the supply of all of the teeth of that half of the lower jaw, as well as its branch, the mental nerve, for the supply of the skin of the chin. And forward of that, but not going into the mandible, is the lingual nerve. That is the supply to the anterior two-thirds of the tongue for general sensation, and it carries taste fibers with it from the seventh nerve. And now looking deep within, on the back of the lingual nerve, there is a small nerve coming into it. And this small nerve is a chordotympany nerve. This is a branch of the seventh cranial nerve, which is the autonomic fibers, uh, not autonomic, I'm sorry, chordotympany fibers uh, that are for taste to the anterior two-thirds of the tongue. And then also they carry autonomic fibers for the submandibular and the sublingual gland. Arising high up in the infratemporal fossa and joining the back of the lingual nerve so that the lingual nerve then carries not only its own sensory fibers but the fibers to the, from the chordotympany to the submandibular gland, sublingual gland, and taste to the anterior two-thirds of the tongue. When we look deep within this infratemporal fossa, you can see the main stem of the mandibular division of five. The trigeminal nerve is the fifth cranial nerve, and this mandibular division exits the skull through the foramen, which is the foramen ovale. Also, we have nerves in this area that will be passing to all of the muscles that we've studied. Temporalis and masseter, medial and lateral pterygoid, and also auriculotemporal arises deep within here, passes posteriorly along with the maxillary stem. It supplies autonomic fibers to the parotid gland and then continues upward as the auriculotemporal nerve along with the superficial temporal artery and vein. More clearly on this specimen, we can see deep within 
the fibers of the medial pterygoid muscle. Let's then look at another specimen. On this specimen, now, our lateral pterygoid muscle, the condyle, as well as the disc have been reflected, and we are looking directly down into this inner pterygoid area. And you could see now the deep fibers here of the medial pterygoid muscle. Lying on them is the inferior alveolar artery, as well as the inferior alveolar nerve, and forward of that, the lingual nerve. Auriculotemporal, again, can be seen arising within the depth and passing around to get to the front of the ear, as well as to supply some autonomic fibers to the parotid gland. Be very meticulous in your dissection in this region, uh, for these vessels are not large, and they can easily be broken, as can the nerves in this area as well. This then gives you the general overview of this present dissection so that you will have an orientation to find these structures. Most importantly is do not cut below the mandibular foramen, uh, but work with your probe down through it, chipping away the bone until you get down to that level. You've been listening to a presentation from the University of Michigan School of Dentistry, which is dedicated to supporting open learning and open educational resources. This recording is licensed under the Creative Commons. It may be reused and redistributed for nonprofit use. Please attribute materials to the University of Michigan School of Dentistry and redistribute under this same license. For more information on how this and other University of Michigan School of Dentistry recordings may be used, visit www.dent.umich.edu/license.